0: To Totalis Rankium this week, Marcus. No, we... no,
1: no, no. What? Say say that name.
0: What? But you said it. You just said just last said said it? It. Just say the name. Welcome to Totalis Rankium this week, Lucius Verus. Hello oh, and welcome to Roman Emperor's House Rankium. I'm Jamie. And I'm Rob, ranking all the emperors from Augustus
1: to Augustus, episode seventeen. Episode seventeen. And it's not Marcus Aurelius. No, it's not. <laughs> it's definitely not. No, no, it's not. It's uh
0: it's Lucius. Lucius Verus. Verus, who you do know. Yeah, he wasn't he the brother or something? The adopted brother. Adopted brother.
1: Yeah, he mm. is. So he's not one of
0: the five good emperors. No, oh no. so does he count? Uh, not he really. He's kind of glossed over a lot. So, are we being truthful, or are we... Well, there's
1: debate, and I was wondering whether to do him or not. Uh, but then I thought, why not, because he's quite fun. Yeah. I like fun. Let's yeah, do it. Let's do it. So, first of all, in my notes, I've got who as a subheading. Oh. Just just to recap, who is Lucius Ferris? Where's he come from? Let's um, find out. So, if you have a look back at your family tree that you drew last week... Yes. Somewhere. There we go. There we go. You hey. should see that Hadrian adopted Lucius the Elder. Yes.
0: Yeah, who died. Yep, yeah, he's crossed
1: out. Yeah. Lucius the Elder adopted Marcus Aurelius. Yes, he did. Yeah. But when Lucius the Elder died,
0: Hadrian adopted Antoninus Pius. And he, Hadrian was hoping Antoninus would live very long. yeah uh, to, to give Marcus a chance to mature. That's right.
1: right. But... This poor Lucius Verus was just knocking around without a dad. So um, Hadrian told Antoninus Pius to adopt him as well.
0: That's nice. Yeah.
1: Okay, so that's that's Lucius Verus. He's the adopted brother of Marcus Aurelius. Okay. So let's find out why we're doing him as an emperor, shall we? Yeah. So he was born on the 15th of December, 130 CE. Ooh, we hit the 30s. Yes, we're in the 30s. Lots of pencil-thin moustaches coming back there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Big trousers. Yeah. Big trousers? Yeah,
0: they're quite wide trousers in the 30s. Oh, they? no, they did, didn't they? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah no, you're right. Fair enough. <laughs> um, yes, his name was Lucius Sionus Commodus. Commodus? Yeah, you're going to see a problem with the name changes. For the last few episodes, I've been saying, oh, we'll just go by the names we got to know them as. But for this episode, I'll, I'll show you what happens with the names, and this was happening with all of them. This is why... Okay. I've just been calling them the name that they're later known yes, as. Yes, thank you. Right, so Lucius Sionus Commodus. He had a brother called Gaius and two sisters, Plautia and Fabia. Um, and that's about what we know of his early family, to be honest. All right. yeah. When he was six, Hadrian adopted his father, as I said. What? Hadrian adopted his father? <laughs> Sorry, I'm not very clear there. Hadrian adopted Lucius's Father, yes. Yeah. yeah, I'm talking about Lucius. And that was the elder. Yeah. Yes. So, making Lucius Verus the adopted grandson of the Emperor. Okay. So he suddenly went from being a son in a, a fairly important but relatively minor family to being the grandson of the Emperor. Nice. And he changed his name from Lucius Sionus Commodus to Lucius Aelius Commodus. Okay. Yeah. Name change number one. Elder. Oh yeah <laughs> His father also adopted um, a 15-year-old boy called Marcus Aurelius at this time. So when Lucius Verus was six, Marcus Aurelius was 15. So it's very much the
0: younger brother here. Yeah,
1: okay.
0: Oh, baby. Um,
1: And Marcus Aurelius became the heir. He did. So we're not really sure what Lucius Verus thought about this. Because there you are, you're the son, and then suddenly dad adopts someone else, this new young superstar, Mm. and now he's the heir to your family. So Yeah. He's probably a bit bitter. I don't know. It depends. Yeah, Yeah, we'll see. All All right. 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 (laughs) Verus was very well educated, although obviously always behind his new elder brother. Hmm. Uh, The famous grammatical fronto educated both of the boys. So he was a famous grammatician Oh, the you mentioned something about that. Yeah. Um, in an episode. Yeah. They were experts in... Yeah, you got different areas of what we would now see as literacy. Um, I'll look into it a bit more for the next episode. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah. yeah, I will. Because uh, Marcus Aurelius liked his writing and reading. So, yeah, yeah, I'll look into that. We'll find out more about it. Yeah. Anyway, Fronto was a, a very famous orator and... Uh, general educator and he educated them both. Verus was said to have been an excellent student. He would write poetry and speeches although the Historia Augusta claims that he was helped to write his speeches. Ooh. Yeah. Now, we're going to come across this a lot. Histori- Historia Augusta yeah. doesn't like it much. Okay. <laughs> and it's our primary source and it's also,
0: as I've said before, really not very reliable at all. So who wrote the Historia Augusta? Is it just a load of texts? I'm guessing shoved together.
1: Yeah, originally it was thought to be written by a series of different people because it comes in sections and it's got the author's name under each section. Okay. And it's different people. Okay. Yeah, Um, but lots of studies gone into it, and the current thinking is that was actually just one person who wrote all of them under different aliases. Okay. Um, And it was written off the top of my head, so I might get this wrong. In the Early fifth century, so quite a bit in the future, yeah. Yeah, but it's a it's an interesting book, even though it's not hugely reliable. All right, <laughs> a bit like this podcast.
0: What are you saying? That mistakes are made. <laughs> I would call mistakes, I'd say they're more seeing how on the ball the audience are. Ah, yes, yeah, that's that, it. You know? tests. Maybe yeah. that's what the story
1: Orchestra was <laughs> doing. <laughs> Let's see if they spot this. I'll make up an entire emperor,
0: um, anyway, <laughs> Emperor Basil. Yes. <laughs> there was a Byzantine emperor called Emperor Basil. Was there? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, there you go. See? That is good. Mm. If we ever do the Byzantine emperors,
1: I'm guessing her do well. Oh, yeah. For just having that name. Yeah. Right. At the age of 23, Verus started on the political ladder. Ooh, okay. Yeah, so lowest rung of the ladder in 153. In the year 154, he becomes consul. That's... Quick. That's quick. It's good to be the son of the <laughs> emperor. Yeah. Yes. That helps. Yeah, by this time, Antoninus Pius is in charge, and yeah, he's just shot right up. However, it might seem good, but um, it's not as good as Marcus Aurelius. Obviously, he's Ooh. a lot older, and also was, became consul at an earlier age as well.
0: So it's good, but it's just, it's not as good. I'm seeing a bit of a uh, Domitian here.
1: Ah, yeah. Yeah, although he was a promising youth, there was no doubt in anyone's mind that Antoninus Pius favoured Marcus Aurelius. Mm. Yeah, I, Marcus Aurelius was seen as the successor. That was it. Straightforward successor. Well, he well, he wanted him, didn't he? Yeah. Yes. Because he was told to. Yeah. He well, is your, he's your who Hadrian wanted. It was who Antoninus Pius wanted. It was just what was going to happen. It's who the Senate wanted. So
0: he's going to have a big chip on his shoulder, isn't he?
1: Uh, Possibly. Oh. oh, Yeah. Yeah. saying that. Yeah. Well, we're going to find out. Yeah. Yeah. Verus had a comfortable life, although somewhat overshadowed by his brother. um, It was still, he was still the son of the emperor, so it was a very comfortable life. He was very fond of the chariot racing. He supported the greens. Okay. Yeah. He was described as carefree, athletic, a pleasure-loving man, and very clever he's just having a good life in his 20s. Yeah, sounds all right. Drinking, watching the races. Yeah, go yeah. on, you greens. Like, of no. thing.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. Historia Augusta states that Antoninus Pius often told Marcus Aurelius to be more like Verus. Ooh. Yeah, now many claim that the Historia Augusta's got this the wrong way round, and it should be that Verus should be more like Marcus Aurelius. Yeah. And it's just assumed this is a, yet another mistake from the Historia Augusta, but it could be, possibly... That um, Marcus Aurelius was a bit too serious, and Antoninus Pius just said, you know what, just chill out occasionally, like your brother. Yeah, go mm. and have
0: a drink.
1: So you've got this, got this image of a very serious Marcus Aurelius, and a, a very carefree, fun-loving Verus. In 161, Definitely. when Verus was 31, Antoninus Pius dies. Yes. Yes. The Senate were more than happy with the idea of Marcus Aurelius becoming the emperor, and were all ready to swear him in. But what do you
0: think happens? Uh, maybe he's more fun-loving. Was did did he get the Praetorian Guard to swear him in or something? No, nothing like that. It's not a crazy
1: coup. It was actually Marcus Aurelius. Really shocked them. Yeah, what? he said he would only become the emperor as long as his brother was co-emperor. Uh, oh, so it's like a joint. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. Now we could have done Marcus Aurelius first, and in fact, most histories do list Marcus Aurelius before Verus. Interesting, but I've decided to do it this way because Verus dies before Marcus
0: Aurelius, so we can continue the story next week. Spoiler alert. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Well, as we know, Marcus Aurelius dies after his his son Commodus chokes him in a tent after speaking to. Yes. And that gladiator. Yeah, yeah. We've all seen the film. We know yeah. what happens there.
1: Um, yeah. So, um, Max. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Marcus Aurelius says, "Yeah, I'll be the emperor." We all know I was going to be the emperor, but I want my brother to be emperor, too. Yeah. Yes. So, why? I, I was going to think that. This? Why would he do it? A couple of ideas. One was that he wanted to fulfil Hadrian's wish. And there's this theory that actually Hadrian didn't just want Marcus Aurelius to be in charge. Yeah. He wanted Lucius Verus to be in charge. I'm not buying this one myself. Mm. Lucius Verus was around six at the time.
0: Yeah, you can't tell someone to be good emperor. Main, yeah,
1: and it was more a case of, oh, there's this young boy who got caught up with the whole adoption thing. Let's give him a father. It didn't seem like no. he was being primed for position. Yeah, but that's my that. personal opinion. Um, disagreeing with genuine historians. Uh, what do they know, Rob? <laughs> I what mean, do they on. know? Another theory that possibly is more likely. He realised that he couldn't do it alone. The Empire's very big at this point. Yes. So maybe you just thought, you know what, it's a big job. I'll get my brother to get involved.
0: Like, extreme sort of... Job share. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I I like this
1: theory. I think that's a more likely one, because he he liked his reading and his philosophy, so I think he just thought, you know what, being in the emperor is going to be tough. I want to still read my books. So maybe if Lucius could do some of the stuff, he could start the chariot races off or something and <laughs> stay here and uh, read.
0: So he, he can go to all the official engagements and stuff, all the public stuff, I'll do the important stuff.
1: Maybe. Yeah, yeah, possibly that kind of thinking. Yeah, I think that's more likely. He just thought, you know what, I could do with a hand here.
0: He's the face, I'm the, the hard worker.
1: Yeah, possibly. Anyway, either way, yeah. the Senate accept and Verus becomes the Emperor. Along with Marcus Aurelius, they both That's... sworn in at the same time. So, for the, for the first time, and it won't be the last, we have joint emperors. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, his na- name now becomes Imperator Caesar Lucius Aurelius Verus Augustus. Yes. Okay,
0: I'll just call him Verus.
1: Yeah, just keep calling him Verus. Right, in theory, both emperors were joint emperors. Yeah. However, Marcus Aurelius is older. Mm. He is the one that was being primed for the job, and there can only be one Pontifex Maximus, and that went to Marcus Aurelius. You could just change it, and you know, there's now two. No, oh, not with the Pontifex Maximus. That was a very sacred role. It's, oh, that's like the Pope thing, isn't it's it? It's essentially being the Pope. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so there could only be one, and it went to Marcus Aurelius. So he was seen as the senior of the two okay. emperors. Mm. Yeah. So, after they'd been confirmed by the state, the two new emperors made their way to the Praetorian camp. <laughs> and Lucius spoke to the troops and gave them all a huge bonus. You have to. Yeah, twice as much as usual this time. Wow, twice as much? Twice as much. If you think about it, Antoninus Pius never went near a legion in his life. Yeah, he he
0: didn't give them much money, did he?
1: He gave them some money, yeah, yeah, but he didn't get involved. Mm. He didn't go and inspect them. He had nothing to do with the army at all. And therefore, Marcus Aurelius had nothing to do with them at all. And Lucius Uh, Verus had nothing to do with them at all. So we're now a generation removed from an emperor who knew about the army and what actually happened in them. So they didn't serve, did they? They No, not at all. So they're thinking, we we really need to get these guys on our side. That's probably a good idea. Yeah, so give them (laughs) them loads of money and they will like us. And it worked. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) The the guard loved it. Shortly after this, uh, Lucius Verus was betrothed to the 11-year-old daughter of Marcus Aurelius.
0: Um, so the 20, no, 31-year-old, Verus, yeah. has been promised to an 11-year-old. That's old. fairly standard back then. Okay. They didn't get yeah. married straight away. Good. No, um,
1: but uh, yeah. it was only 12 standard. before they got married again. Um, 14, we think. 14, Yeah, okay. we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, it was going to be later, but it got moved forward for reasons you'll find out. Yeah. During the celebrations, new plans for further support of improvement of the childcare programmes was announced. Clearly <laughs> not. It's on the previous <laughs> point. <laughs> but if you remember the last few emperors have become quite popular by saying, yeah. Oh, we we'll provide money for poor children, so they they're rolling that out a bit more. That's good. Couldn't find out any details, maybe it now includes Ginger children as well. Or <laughs> Maybe they were excluded before, and they're not anymore. Yeah, they were I mean, classes. It's... Classes people for no. they never are. terrible times. Yeah, I'm not sure what your beard would count as. But... Well, my beard's strawberry blonde. It's not that's ginger. Fine. So it's it fine. It's fine. It's all okay. Yeah. <laughs> keep my beard out of this. I think that's what the the mothers were saying to the inspectors in Roman times. <laughs> my son's beard is
0: <laughs> strawberry blonde. Yeah, yeah, it's not ginger. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Leave me alone. Sorry. I'm trying to figure out whether the, the woman would be disallowed her extra money for the fact that the child had a ginger beard, or just a beard.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's clean our child up, man. Yeah, it's clearly your husband. Yeah, we need money. It's stuff a your child. <laughs> Shave your beard off, Seamus. Shave your beard off. Seamus. Sh- yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right, the people seem to love venue Emperors, who are seen down to earth and sensible. Yeah. yeah, the Empire was peaceful, it was prosperous, Marcus was able to spend time on his hobby of reading and philosophy, and Lucius was able to spend time on his hobbies, which was drinking, gambling, and chariot racing. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Free speech, apparently, seems to have been permitted for the first time ever. There's records of Ooh. people criticising the Empress
0: <gasps> and not being killed. It is like the first time Private Eye, like a version of Private Eye came out. <laughs> yes. Imagine a Romany in his lop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for American listeners, private eye is very satirical, yeah. political. <laughs>
1: yeah, the editor is the most sued man in British history. Yes. It's great. Yeah. Their old tutor, Fronto, if you remember, I mentioned him, he came back to Rome to visit and called on Marcus, telling him how proud he was.
0: <clears throat> oh, that's nice. Yeah, they didn't
1: invite Lucius. Ooh. Well, that's a slice, isn't it? It is. Yeah. So, in 162, the Tiber bursts its banks and destroyed a large part of the city, and the two emperors personally set about providing support and destroying the capital. That's nice. So, yeah, natural disaster, but everything's peaceful, everything's nice. Apart from this minor flood, everything's good. That's it. However... Oh, I like the however. Problems oh. are afoot. This is now the end of the Golden Age. Oh, is it? Yeah, this is where it starts going downhill. Oh. Yeah, that, that Antoninus Pius period really was the, the height and now we're starting to go down. In 161, so going back in time of a year here, yeah. in Parthia, King of the fourth invaded, guess where? Rome? No, this is the Parthians, where do they always end up invading and arguing over, begins with A. But Armenia! Armenia, there we go. <laughs> you got there. Yeah, Armenia, yet again. Yes. Oh, yes, yes. yeah, there was one there, didn't they? Yeah, the, the two, yeah. the Parthians and the Romans, always arguing over it. So, yeah, the fourth expelled the king and placed his own man on the throne. So the nearby legion went to get Armenia back, but were wiped out. Ooh. Reinforcements were then sent into the region and were wiped out. Ooh, that's that's not looking good, is it? It's not looking good. Now, I'm going to go into this in more detail in Fightius Maximus. But it was decided that an emperor should go and lead directly. Marcus, at this point, was growing very weary of his
0: brother's vices and hoped that spanning the military would straighten out his character a bit. Right. So, the the people and senate are saying, right, the person that should lead this army, uh, one of the emperors that have no military experience. Yeah, but they're the emperors. They're in charge. But yeah, that'd be like now us saying, right, the person that should lead the army. We're we're fading here miserably we just started a war with, I don't know, France again, because we always seem to do that every couple of hundred years, although we haven't for probably a thousand years. We'll do another one, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, You know, the person in of the army is obviously the Queen. <laughs> the 90-year-old Queen is, you know, she never fought, never been in the army. Only she has had a stint in the army, hasn't she? She, know. Know, she has, no, she has. Yeah, she Doing has. What? When she? Before she's Queen. Are you sure? No, yeah, she had I a don't uniform. not remember everything. that
1: from listening to The Rex Factor.
0: In the, oh, she
1: must have done Oh, she probably did. You she know. had a uniform and everything. Was a while ago. Oh, anyway, I mean, it probably was well, probably like cleaning like, out pots. you know the, the, the food oh, section. Oh no, I'm sure she wasn't front line. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> But it, this is ancient times, and um, it's what the emperors did. Okay. Yeah, they went and led from the front. So they're gonna send one of the emperors. All right. And Marcus thinks well, Verus needs sorting out so send him and. He'll be sorted out. But what if he said no? Oh, I don't think he had much of a choice. But he's the emperor. But so is Marcus.
0: But so is he. And he's senior emperor. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. He's he's emperor one. He's emperor like one point. Yeah. Or zero point nine don't something.
1: Yeah. So it's decided. Lucius is going to go. So in one sixty two, Lucius leaves Rome. Now, if listeners look on our Facebook page, um, you'll find a map for this week's episode. Mm. Where I've drawn out his journey. Oh. So if you want to follow along at home, go go and look on Facebook. Get the map. Uh, yeah, um, he hurries to the east. Obviously, this is very important. The armies are being wiped out. So off he rushes. He travels through Italy first of all, obviously, because he's got to start somewhere. Yeah. And he's in Italy, and he stops at all the villas that he could to feast and hunt. And then he fell ill in Canosa, which is in South Italy. Possibly a minor stroke. Ooh, yeah. really? Yeah, possibly. Wow. Or maybe he was just very drunk and hung out. <laughs> we don't know. Um, yeah. Oh, it's...
0: Guys, guys, slow down. I must have had some sort of stroke or something. <laughs> yeah. You saw so. It's nothing to do with the 14 barrels of wine you drank last night. No, definitely no, a stroke.
1: definitely not. Marcus hurried to see
0: him and offered prayers in front of the Senate for his
1: health. So this rush off to the East isn't going too well no. so far. No, no. So Lucius recovered though relatively soon afterwards. Um, apparently, he only stopped for three days. So, okay. yeah, obviously a very minor stroke if it was one, or a massive, hang- a <laughs> massive hangover. Uh, whichever. Um, Lucius recovered, carried on his hasty journey east. He visited Corinth. Okay. And then stopped off at Athens for a month or so. For now. Yeah. Drinking, binge, gambling? Yeah, by this point he'd picked up a load of musicians and singers. He stayed in <laughs> Athens for a while to take part in the Mysteries, which was a religious cult there at the time, which lots of emperors stopped off to to take part in because okay. it was said it would lead to a brilliant time in the afterlife. They, <laughs> they were quite popular at brilliant. the time, so he stopped off to do that. Then he took his time sailing through various um, pleasure resorts off the coast of Asia Minor... And then finally arrived at Antioch, the Roman headquarters for the war. Yeah,
0: so the battle's over now,
1: yeah. <laughs> six months later. Yeah, it did take him around six months. Oh, really? It did. To oh, uh, wow. It took quite a while to get there. Okay, so now if you have a look at the map, which
0: um, all the viewers hopefully have uh, yes, had a look at. So hopefully, if you're not driving, yeah, log onto the Facebook. Yeah. Click on our Totalus Rankium Roman Emperor's Facebook page. Yeah. Like and subscribe. Nice. Yeah, and, and look at the map. Yeah, go on. Click right. on click on the uh, the Verus folder. Yeah. In the images. Yeah, it's very detailed. I'm liking this. Well, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, those who do this driving, because you might crash. Oh, I'll do it driving, whatever. Oh. All yeah. right. Just just look at the map.
1: Yeah. Right. So yeah. So explain what you can see to the viewers who aren't All looking
0: of it looking at it. No, no. We've covered his journey. Just okay. At the Antioch first. So we're finally so finally arrived in Antioch and then there are two to three arrows there's yes. a big yellow arrow that goes north that's sort of heading to, heading into armenia which is green and then there's a big red arrow that heads down into um, Parthia. yes and yeah. towards babylon and yeah yeah and there's a little gray arrow that sort of splits off from the red arrow yeah into the Parthian Empire yeah
1: okay so let's explain what's happening
0: yeah I'd have no idea
1: (laughs) right we're gonna do this twice basically in the main part here we're going to look at the war through the eyes of Verus right and then in Fightus Maximus we'll have a look at what actually happened in the war brilliant (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) so he arrives at Antioch Um, At the start of 163. As Parthia builds up its troops, Lucius took on a mistress named Panthea. She was said to be very beautiful and witty. Lucius shaved off his beard for her, something (laughs) for which he was mocked by others. The Historia Augusta (laughs) claims that he was the object of ridicule to all of the locals and that many of the jokes about him are still preserved. But unfortunately it doesn't then go on to say what those jokes are, so we don't know what they are.
0: I've got a Roman joke. Go on then okay this uh roman walks into a bar yeah and he walks up to the barman and he says oh can i have a, a martinus, please and the barman looks a bit confused and says don't, don't you don't mean martini and the the roman guy goes look if i wanted a double i'd that's what i've asked for <laughs> that's great i've never heard that before no no that's, you haven't that's no, a good haven't. Good Roman joke. Obviously, if you know, if you understand Latin, that'll make more sense to you.
1: Or if you understand Latin, it wouldn't surprise me if that's technically incorrect. Yeah. And someone will leave a message on our Facebook saying, well, actually... Oh, please do. Yeah. Yeah, please do. <laughs> right. So, um, maybe that was the joke about Verus, only it said his name in it at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, as the fighting fiercely continued, Lucius took up playing dice. He would also watch plays and read dispatches from Rome. What do you think the dispatches were about? Get to the war. No, they were from Rome, telling him how the Greens were performing in the chariot races. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. So all this time, he's still in Antioch, which yeah. is in the Syrian province. The fighting is going on in Armenia. Yes. And then in Parthia. So he's nowhere near the fighting. No, whatsoever. He's, just, he's only way over time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. To be fair, the historian Augustus does say Lucius personally inspected some of the troops. We just get involved a bit. That's good. But maybe good. by inspected the troops, maybe he just chose some of the more friendly ones to play dice with. Who knows? So, yeah, generally he was in Antioch living the high life whilst the troops went out and fought the battles. sure the troops love that. Yeah. Yeah. Right, cut to a soldier in your mind's eye. Okay, yeah? I can see him. You can see him. Right. He's out. He's marching. Yeah. He's tired. Yeah. Yeah. He's just a normal, everyday soldier though, so so give him a name. Um, Jeff. Jeff. Jeff the soldier. Okay, so just keep that in your head, we'll come back to Jeff. Right, in 163, or 164, we're not really sure when,
0: Lucius made a trip to Ephesus. I've been there. Oh, have you? Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? Yeah, what was Uh, that? It's, um, it's Ephesus, it's, um, it's, uh, yeah, Turkey. Modern day Turkey. Yeah, modern day Turkey. Yeah. Um opposite Greece. Yeah. Yeah. It's very nice. Um, lots of shops, lots of, I bought you can go there there's a big fake watch shop. Mm. I bought th- I bought three Rolexes. <laughs> um
1: nice. well I
0: say rail- Rolexes. Yeah. Relaxes. Yeah. But <laughs> it yeah. yeah. said Rolex on it.
1: Oh, that's yeah. nice.
0: The uh <laughs> the first one broke when it rained. And <laughs> <laughs> left a weird green tint on my wrist. You do surprise me. <laughs> yeah. And um, the second one, I I think it just fell off my wrist. The strap just broke at one point. Yeah. Yeah, and then it broke when it hit the ground. And the third one I gave to my grandfather because he always wanted a roller. (laughs) Was was this after the other two had been damaged? No, this was before. Oh, right. So, I, did, I did tell him it's a fake. I didn't, you know. Oh, I, I was hoping your grandfather. Yeah. Obviously, it broke within two weeks of him yeah. getting it,
1: and he's been worried ever since. No, no, no. He's,
0: he's dead now. Um, oh. I don't think it's from the watch, <laughs> but it wouldn't surprise me if it was. What a lovely story that was. Yeah. Well, yeah. You see, you said that was well, That's
1: what Ephesus is like yeah. now. Well, Lucius went there to marry Marcus's daughter. <laughs> yeah, so slightly different to the the fake watchers. Yeah, yeah. We we think possibly that Marcus got wind that um, Verus was having this affair with this woman, yeah. um, Panthea, and really wanted to get him married quickly. So um, yeah, the daughter was around fourteen at the time. So he got married to a fourteen-year-old girl. Yes, that's what he did. Okay. Um, cut back to Jeff. I can see Jeff. Yeah, soldier. So he's still he's still at the front line, and he turns to one of his friends and says, "I don't feel too well." Jeff. Yeah. Oh dear. Right. Oh. Okay. Back to the main story. The Romans <laughs> invaded Armenia. And Lucius gave the Parthians a generous peace off, offer, uh, which was seen as a bit too
0: generous by many. But either way, the Parthians rejected it. So is, is this like when was it Titus? He he just gave loads of Dacians. Was it Titus? No, it was his brother Domitian. Yes, no, Domitian. Yes, yes, it was Domitian. Yes, like, you're right. I have all this money. Yeah. Okay.
1: And yeah. more. Okay. It it
0: could have been, but the Parthians didn't
1: go for it, so the fighting continued. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so even though it was seen as too generous from the Roman eyes, the Parthians were having none of it. So, the fighting continues. Around this time, the troops took the Armenian capital. So if you have a look at the map, that's the yellow arrow. So this is in 163. They go into Armenia and they take the capital. Our Yes, that's it. Yes. They then raise it to the ground and rebuild a new capital about 30 miles to the west. That would really annoy me. Yeah. If that was my. It would be know. annoying, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, they call it Kanepolis which just means new city, which also means we are not very good at coming up with names. Polis? Polis, yes, as in the police. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But, yeah, like people. Those, those come from the people. Yes, like politician as in politician, and police, po- poly. Popular. Popular. Yeah.
1: Wow! Yeah, yeah, populous. Yeah, population. Popular. Pop culture. Pop. <laughs> the fizzy drink. Yes. Which is soda in America. We call yeah. it pop over here.
0: Yeah. I Don't know why. Maybe no. it's pops in the mouth. Yeah. Maybe popping candy. Oh yeah! Yeah. 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 Um, Popeye.
1: Popeye. I'm going down the pop. Nah, it's pop, isn't it? Yeah. We are just coming up with words that begin with pop now, aren't It'd we? It's a fun game, though. It would be a fun game. Mm. Maybe we should keep playing it after we finish Book Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. Anyway, <laughs> all these things were available in Newpolis. You could buy them all. So they, they built a new city. Um, and there you go. Armenia is now back in Roman hands. Hooray. And they're really happy. Yay. Yay. So there you go. Job done. However, the Romans being Romans are not going to take this line down. It's time to go and teach Johnny Parthian a lesson or two, isn't it? So, <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Um, yeah. But show them what's what.
1: Yeah. So now go back to the soldier, Jeff. Jeff, yeah. yeah. He's not very well. He wasn't very well. He he survived the fighting, hmm. um, and he helped his friends take the capital, and he was just checking out this new polis place when he dropped down dead. Oh. His friends are standing over him saying, "Oh, well, he did say he was feeling ill. Oh, dear. Ooh, oh. oh I what just clicked in my head. <laughs> You're starting to realise something. Yeah. Right. Rome then <laughs> invades Mesopotamia, which is... The word Mesopotamia means the the land between the rivers, so it's okay. that Tigris-Euphrates oh, right. area. And you've done that Parthia on the map Europa. as well. Yeah, i that. Rivers. pop that in there. Modern. Yeah. Um, so they go into Mesopotamia. They take several cities. Verus stays in Antioch
0: and delegates. Oh, so he...
1: So we, oh, of course he is. Yeah, so he's still there. <laughs> yeah. After Rome's victory, Verus takes the name Parthicus Maximus.
0: Ah, well, sort of the Germanicus thing, yes. isn't it? Yes. And also...
1: Armanicus, and also <laughs> Medicus, because the area further along is called Media. Oh yeah. And the next year they take that as well. So his oh, name is now... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not writing this down. Don't write it down, let, let me just get it. His name is now Imperator Caesar Lucius Aurelius Verus Augustus Armenicus Parthicus Maximus Medicus. <sighs> yeah
0: good name. yeah so the trouble is though he did, hasn't done anything has he, oh, yeah, he he's, he's he taken hasn't. that without yeah. really earning
1: it yeah he has that's what he's done okay so cut back to jeff's friends mm. we're yeah. still standing over jeff yeah oh no no they've moved on now this is the next year and they, they left him behind yeah they buried him they moved on mm. they still talk about him occasionally mm. yeah um, oh jeff but they they Turn to each other and they say, oh, "I'm not feeling too good either," you know. Oh dear. Oh dear. Yeah. Right. Verus returns to Rome and they and accepts a triumph. So he triumphs. Yay! Massive celebrations. Marcus Aurelius joins in and his five-year-old son called Commodus took a part in the celebrations. And he was Marcus's son, wasn't he? Yes, he was. So, big triumph going on, huge celebrations. Zoom in on some of the spectators there. One of them's talking to a returning soldier, and the soldier's saying, Oh, I don't feel too well. Got a bit of a cough. Yeah. Mm. And the spectator's just saying, Oh, well, this doesn't really concern me. Mm. I'm sure this will blow over yeah. soon. Who are you? Yeah, stop talking to me. Go to the doctor. Stop coughing on me. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> As you can probably guess, we're building mm. up to something here with that little story. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, we're not going to really... Zombie attack. <laughs> yes, zombie attack. We're not going to cover the zombie attack this week. We're really? going to cover it next week. Oh, but brilliant. this is me laying the groundwork. So Beres then spends the next two years in Rome. His experience in the military had not really straightened him out at all, of like Marcus not. had hoped. Why like he... would he? He did exactly the same thing <laughs> yeah. he did in Antioch as he did in Rome. He just did it. More. Yeah. So he still loved acting and singing and gambling and racing. Uh, he built a tavern in his palace. Awesome. Yeah. According to the, to the Historia Augusta, Augusta, he had many orgies and other depraved acts in his palace at this time. Um, he became good friends with an actor. But they're beasts. I know. They're barely human. Yeah, and apparently Verus renamed this actor Paris. Couldn't see why, but I'm guessing after Paris from the... Uh, Troy. So Troy, yeah, mm-hmm. meant to be very beautiful. Um, apparently Marcus Aurelius was invited to one of these orgy things. I can't imagine him going. And he turns up and, according to the Historia Augusta, spent five days working and reading. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just imagine oh, the images. in the corner, <laughs> just trying to do some work. Just things are flying by, whizzing by
0: his head. Women running past, screaming. Mm. Yeah. That's an image of like a, a naked woman landing on his on his piece of paper, he's trying to write on. Yeah, you know, just having, looks having a Paris. Mm. Get off. <laughs> trying to do some work. You're shaking yeah. the table. <laughs> really hard to write. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I I'm not sure how reliable this is. If no. he was there, I'm guessing he took part.
0: Otherwise, he just wouldn't go. Surely. Yeah. <laughs> You, that's the worst working environment I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. You couldn't do a podcast in that environment. Well, we're trying right now. Yeah, we'll give it a yeah. e- Everyone else is trying to be very quiet. Yes. Yeah. Okay. shh.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right, around this time, uh, it's reported that he also dressed as a normal citizen and wandered the city. Some Nero style. Yeah, Nero style. Apparently, he'd go into places, quite often return with bruises on his face. Where he got into fights. Apparently, one of his habits was to get um, a really heavy coin they had back then and walk past pottery shops and throw the coin in to smash one of the pots and then run away. He's emperor. He's doing <laughs> something a 14-year-old boy would
0: do. <laughs> yeah. How old is he? He's like 30-what now?
1: This is all according to the historical. Yeah, okay. That has it in for him. But I love the idea. There you are, trying to sell your pots. One smashes. Paris. You look outside. Oh, it's the emperor. Oh, wait, free speech. Very few. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> Whether how far free speech expands. <laughs> right, but despite all this, apparently he continued his duties as the emperor. So Marcus couldn't really say anything against him because he got his job done. He's a functioning alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, essentially. Right, in 168, war erupted on the Danube. Ah, back in Germanica again. Yes. A tribe called the Marcomanni invaded. So Marcus decided this was very serious, that both him and verus should go up and sort it out. So both they go, they go, both go up there. Um, they inspect the troops, and then they head back to Rome. Mm. But on the way, verus fell ill. <gasps> yes. Some claim it was food poisoning. Others say it was another stroke. Some think it was the plague. But either way, he went on living speechless for three days before dying really? oh so yeah he just suddenly got ill and died it's probably the plague um but the sources don't agree at all
0: and there you go he's dead oh okay um so that's lucius verus bit of a party animal yeah but not dislike him he's not i didn't i generally didn't like mm. i kind of almost like him in a way yeah i know what you mean he's not just so, what, someone where you go really you
1: should actually be getting on with stuff now yeah because things were working around him. He was just having a good
0: time. And they said he got on with his job anyway. Yeah, yeah. He'd come in hungover and still do it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, well, let's rate him then, shall we? Fighting
0: Fight Maximus. Maximus! Before
1: rating him, let's actually look at this campaign in Parthia in a little bit more detail. Although there isn't that much more detail. But we can actually look what happened in the fighting rather than just Lucius staying in Antioch. <laughs> yeah. So, people involved. the Fourth was the Parthian king. Then we've got two generals. now there were more than this, I've simplified it, but the two main ones to look at is Cassius for the Romans yeah. and Sevianus, who was also a Roman general, but he um, doesn't last long. So has <laughs> <It's laughs> invaded Armenia, like I said. Yeah. The Roman in charge of Cappadocia, which was the province next to Armenia at the time, was Sevianus. So it was his job to sort it out. Unfortunately for Rome, Sevianus had recently converted to a new religion and he'd started to follow a prophet of a little-known cult. The prophet was a man named Alexander, and he convinced Sevianus that if he attacked the Parthians right now, like, right now, go and do it right now, don't yeah. even go home to pack, just go and attack. Don't even take your sword. No, just just leave the tent go. If you go and do that right now, you'll win eternal glory for yourself and Rome. Oh dear. Yeah, so Sevianus does this. Okay. Yeah, he took a legion into Armenia and then after three days are completely wiped out. Yeah. So that was that first legion that was wiped out that I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Yeah. So things are not going well for Rome at all.
0: No, it's embarrassing. It is
1: a little bit. Sevianus survived the battle though. Okay. But then commits suicide (laughs) out of shame. Humiliation. Yeah. So Rome sent in troops from Syria but they too were defeated. Yeah. Uh, This is when Marcus Aurelius decides to send his brother. So three legions were taken from the northern frontier and sent east. Now, this severely weakens the Rhine and the Danube frontiers because you're basically taking all the troops off them and just pushing them east. And as we know, mm. that Danube and Rhine frontier, and it's not very stable. Those
0: tribes are mental.
1: They are. So the remaining troops on that frontier are told, avoid conflict whenever possible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just just stay out the way for a while while we sort this out. Now, the, the fear is that they've had a generation now of no real fights. So as much as the might of Rome still feels like a very real thing almost all the soldiers in the legions haven't actually fought a battle. They're sort of resting on their laurels a little bit, then. Yeah. So the thought is that they need to be toughened up a little bit. So they toughened up the training regime of the legions. Saddles were stripped of their padding, and drinking and gambling were now no longer allowed. Hmm. Did, they, did they get rid of their decorative gardens? <laughs> Probably, yeah. I say drinking and gambling was no longer allowed, unless, of course, you were Lucius Ferus
0: oh, Of course, yeah. That That was fine. Or yeah. one of his friends.
1: Yeah. In 163, the Roman forces took back Armenia, which I mentioned earlier, and built that new capital. Um, A Roman senator was named the new king. So you've got a new king in Armenia. The Roman forces then move south into Parthia. Now if you have a look at that map again, this is where the other arrows come into play. The little grey one? The, The red one is the next year. Oh yeah. So they take back the territory that was lost on the south bank of the Euphrates and then they cross the river and started to take back the Parthian cities before the end of the year. Then in 164, they took a break. Nothing much happened. All right, yeah, they all just went chill out. back into Syria and just chilled out for a bit. <laughs> yeah. Then 165 rolled along and the Romans headed into Parthia. This is where Cassius comes into play. I mentioned him a yes. moment ago. Now remember him, he comes into it next week as well. So Cassius takes the armies, and this is the red arm, uh, arrow on the map. It yep. takes them into Parthia properly, and they decide to punish the Parthians. They push the Parthian army back until the Ar- Parthian army is dispersed. And apparently, the Parthian general swam down the river and hid in a cave. Oh, <laughs> yeah, i fire in Yeah, this is scary. Cassius uh, made his way to Tessaphon slash Seleucia these were twin oh, yeah. cities either side of the um the, the river yeah and Tessaphon is taken Ooh. and its royal palace burnt to the ground yes now Seleucia can see this Seleucia yeah. is very close and go He's oh going. dear so they surrender really quickly and they open their gates yeah so what does Cassius do go in he goes in and then takes all their stuff yeah, he sacks the city regardless. Mm. Buildings oh. were burned, artworks and statues were stolen, people were killed and raped. Oh, yeah. that's not they, fun. No, <clears throat> um, even though they surrendered,
0: they completely destroyed it. This is the point where Varus took the name of Parficus Maximus. Oh, what a git. <laughs> you think, yeah. though, it's like, if, if you're one of the soldiers after you just sacked a city, you know, you kind of line up there, Cassius is saying, right, you're going to take all the artwork... I want you to take some bags of gold. you go, ah, oh, that's very heavy, but yeah, I'll do that. Right, you're taking the statues. Ooh. Ooh, imagine being that guy. Do I get a donkey? Nope. No?
1: Unless you count the statue of a donkey over there. <laughs> I don't count that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that, that's not a good job, is it? No, it's not a fun yeah. job. Yeah, yeah apparently they, they took one of the statues back, though. It ended up in Rome. Oh. Yeah, that's nice, isn't it? Um... Okay, by this point, the Roman army was starting to really feel the effects of this mysterious illness that was suddenly become across. The, the zombie The zombie apocalypse, yeah. Um, so Cassius took the remaining troops, figured that the Parthians had learnt their lesson and went back to Antioch. Yeah. And then finally, the next year in 166, Cassius took another army deeper into Parthian territory, so it's even further in, yeah. called Media, and uh, just did some mopping up. Bit of casual slaughter, so, yeah. yeah. So there you go. So um it was actually Cassius that did most of the fighting over there. He's the one who won the war. He's like a gripper, isn't he? In the sense that yeah, the fighting... there were other generals as well, but yeah. not to confuse things, I've left them out. Right. And Cassius turns up again later. So okay. yeah, Ooh. So that was a that's generally what was happening when Verus was just chilling in Antioch playing dice. Okay, so let's let's rate him. Okay, so well, his. Good points, he won the war. Yeah. His bad points, didn't really do anything. No, he didn't fight in the war. No. But, you could claim he delegated well. He wasn't one of these people who went, (laughs) I know what I'm doing, I'm going to take charge. Now, if you think about it, if he took charge of those armies and wasn't very good, we'd be sitting here criticising him for not letting a general take
0: charge. That's very true. Yeah. So maybe it's the flippant attitude of I just going to sit here and drink and party instead. But yeah, yeah, I know what you mean, though. He did in his name. The war was won. He delegated somebody to do it. And they were, yeah. they were successful after a while.
1: Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, he accepted that triumph and he <laughs> accepted those names. And yeah. we're criticising him for not really earning them. And Augustus did the same thing. Marcus Aurelius did the same thing. <gasps> Spoiler. No, as in right now. Oh, yes. Marcus Aurelius was in that triumph. Oh was he? It was a joint triumph for both of them Uh, and Marcus Aurelius also took the name Parthicus Maximus, Medicus, and Arminicus. And he wasn't even there. He wasn't even in the country, or even he was a the thousand region. miles away. Yeah, and yet it's always Verus who gets criticised for that, and Maxeridus doesn't, even though he was nowhere near at the time. That's for some reason, it seems okay for an emperor to stay in Rome and not do anything, but claim the credit for being the overseer. But going to the edge of the battle and not doing yeah. anything apparently is somehow worse. I'm going to score
0: him eight, just because, just <laughs> oh, to give him wow. a... wow eight. No, just 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 for that just for that reason you know he's, he's uh, you know, throughout history he's knocked for it but that's a very good point okay maybe like five yeah I was thinking what like five.
1: five or four but... thinking maybe I argued far too much in his favour I was trying to knock it up to about the mid-level yeah. <laughs> he suddenly went for eight yeah I, I think he he fought in a major war and he won it and I say he fought he didn't really fight mm. but it was under his name so and it was an army that was particularly not practised at the time as well yeah, and also it's against Parthia. I mean, mm-hmm. this was a serious threat. It's not like going up against a small little tribe. That's true. So,
0: I'm going to give him
1: five, because I, I feel I'll go for five as well. Unfair. So that is a ten for Phytius Maximus.
0: Crazy Crazium.
1: Um, not that much in the way of crazy to be He's honest drunk, isn't he? Uh, but a program um, possibly some so he loved to gamble and party when perhaps he should have been concentrating on other things yeah yeah and to drink as I've said the Historia Augusta. not a huge fan of him <laughs> so they have this to say about him oh dear. it is said moreover that he used to dice the whole night through After he had taken up that vice in Syria, and that he so rivalled Caligula, Nero and Vitellius in their vices, as to wander about night through the taverns and brothels with only common travelling cap for a head covering, revel with various rowdies and engage in brawls, concealing his identity the while, and often they say when he returned his face was beaten black and blue, and once he was recognised in a tavern even though he had hidden himself. He had gladiatorial bouts rather frequently at his banquets, and after continuing the meal far into the night, he would fall asleep on the banqueting couch so that he had to be lifted up along with the covers and carried to his bedroom. He never needed much sleep. However, his digestion was excellent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a bit obsessed with the digestion in relation are, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... okay. Yeah,
0: so he had his vices. Had his vices. He's, he's, well, he wasn't that young, I guess. He's out of his 20s, isn't he, but... Historia Augusta
1: goes on to say some other things that didn't sound too crazy to my modern ears. This was the first banquet. It is said, at which the couches were placed for twelve. Although there was a well known saying that a proper number of those present at a banquet that seven make a dinner, but nine make a din. So he had twelve guests instead of seven. The monster. The monster. Which apparently this whole quote is just ridiculous because nine apparently was the usual number for banquets back then, not seven. So the whole thing is just ridiculous. Again, you can't trust this yeah. story, orchestra.: Well, he just liked to party, clearly. Yeah, he likes to party. He likes friends. party. However, during this banquet, where he invited too many people, apparently he had live animals brought in that corresponded to the meals that they were eating.
0: Oh, that's cruel. Don't let them watch.
1: <laughs> like, here is a pig and an ostrich. And an elephant! Have you tried to kill a whale?
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's a bludgeon it first. <laughs> Got all Claudius on his ass. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, that was a bit weird. That banquet also apparently had the finest of everything, from gold cups to silver or donkeys, to take <laughs> the guests home. And it cost six million sesterces. And apparently when Marcus Aurelius heard about this... All he did was groan. How many sisters? Six million. Six million? Yeah.
0: And Marcus Aurelius' reaction was, oh, <laughs> <laughs> that was." That's very funny, it's more like an annoying young brother than that, for <laughs> goodness sake. Really? Six million? We wanted to build that new orphanage. <laughs> yeah.
1: He possibly killed a senator. Ooh. There you go, that's a bit more juicy, isn't it? Yeah. The senator was Marcus Aurelius' cousin. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, and came over to Syria. So this was when he was in Antioch, and apparently he was um, the cousin was acting very arrogantly and claimed that he'd write to Marcus Aurelius if he disagreed with anyone's decisions, including Verus's. He later became very ill, very suddenly, and died. And the Historia Augusta claims that everyone but Marcus Aurelius knew that Verus had poisoned him. Mm. It doesn't sound likely.
0: Yeah, that sounds more like the zombie outbreak.
1: Yeah, yeah. So there's that. And then there's a couple more rumours uh, linked to his death that also I don't believe, but I'll share them anyway. Yeah, go on. There was a rumour that he was having an affair with Faustina. Oh, she was... Faustina was Marcus Aurelius' wife. Oh, yes. yes. And therefore, Verus's wife's mother. So it's his mother-in-law. Ooh, ooh. and his sister-in-law. Ooh, that's weird, Dynamic. It? It's, it's a bit weird. Yeah. <laughs> He's definitely not someone you should be having no, an affair no, with. No, <laughs> no, no, for two good reasons. Yeah. Now the the rumour goes on to say that Faustina and or Verus' wife killed Verus because the two found out that he was sleeping with both of them. Well, obviously the mother knew, but yeah, yeah the daughter did. Yeah, so there was this idea that he was actually poisoned. But then there was another rumour that he was poisoned by Faustina because she found out that Verus and Verus's sister were close, shall we say. Knew each other well. Knew each other well and plotted to kill Marcus Aurelius. Ooh, yeah. I don't believe that. No, it's all. It all, doesn't yeah. sound very lies. likely, did it? Yeah. But there you go. So, apart from those last few that seem just like lies, yeah, there we go. That, well,
0: He's high in opprobrium.
1: Yeah, he does. I've got some good same stuff. Oh, go on. In his defence, in regards to the army, he was delegating, like I said, but also keeping up morale, yeah. Well, <laughs> all the alcohol. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he carried on performing his duties, like I said earlier. Yeah. He appointed good people. He didn't replace bad people. Sorry, he didn't replace good people with <laughs> bad people just yeah. because he knew them and liked drinking with them. That's good, so no nepotism. Yeah, exactly. Right, and then there's the chariot racing chariot racing, I'll put in a separate section, just (laughs) because I I went off on a bit of a tangent during my research. And we're going to go off and see the new Ben-Hur film to rate that. We are, yes. So I thought I'd learn something about it beforehand. Excellent. So, brief history of chariot racing. Uh, We don't know when it started. It predates ancient Greeks. Um, The Greeks were very big on it, though. Um, There was chariot racing in the Olympics. And because the Greek culture spread, so did chariot racing. Yeah. Yeah, the Romans appear to have got it from the Etruscans, which was okay. uh, the group just north of them, back in Bacchus Grounders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Days. I'm with yeah. you. Yeah. Do you remember the Rape of the Sabine women story? Oh, where they went and vaguely. stole all the women from the Sabine yes. tribe. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Yeah, one version of that story, Romulus distracts all the men with a chariot race, so they could steal all the women. Uh-huh. So chariot racing was definitely around when that story yeah. was created. Yeah, it was a long time ago, so there's definitely a history of it. Um, they took place in what was called a circus, which was. Oh, everyone the knows what they. Cir- yeah, circus. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. So it's that big, long, thin track that goes yeah. round and round. Uh, the main one was the one in Rome called the Circus Maximus, hmm.
0: and it could seat 250,000 people. It's a quarter no- of a million. That must be exaggerated. There's nowhere now that it would sit that many people, is there?
1: Yeah, Wembley holds ninety thousand people. Um, yeah. But no, apparently it did. It's not exaggerated. That's how much it could hold. It was a big stadium. Oh, yeah. That's. Yeah. An, an imaginably big. An big. The circus is said to have dated back to the founding of the city, but the remains that we know are the one that Julius Caesar rebuilt. Oh yeah. It's six hundred and fifty meters long. So well, that's why you can fit a lot of people around it. It's yeah. a long okay, track. Fair enough, yeah. yeah. It's not like a football stadium. <laughs> um, the track has what's called a spinner, or a spina, or a spinier in the <laughs> middle. So that's the thing in the middle, they go around. The gate. Yeah, the chariots would line up behind a spring-loaded gate to make sure the start was fair. And the emperor would release a cloth to signal the start. The idea was to get around the track seven, or later five times. If you remember, the mission changed the length of races to get more in yes yeah. yeah. crashes were very common and because the riders were tied to the chariots oh quite often fatal oh no yeah. now in Greek racing apparently they'd just hold on but yeah. in Roman racing they'd wrap their wrists and tie themselves to the why I'm not entirely sure so you've got more control or just for the crashes I don't know but yeah dangerous there were four teams which we've mentioned before you've got the reds the whites the greens and the blues mm. There's evidence to suggest that the Reds and the Whites were the original teams. Okay. Uh, And then the Greens and the Blues were added later. Domitian, if you remember, created the Golds and the Purples. Yes. But they didn't last very long after he died. Reds and Whites were rivals, and Greens and Blues were rivals. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and by the time of the last Western Emperors, so by the time we finish this series, yeah, it's only the greens and blues of any importance. Mm. The reds and whites are still around, but no one cares about them anymore. Aww. I guess it's like being in Division Four or something. Aww, it's that's, just no that's, one really cares. Sad. Yeah, so the drivers could um, switch teams throughout their career, so you weren't tied into a team. You get transferred and. Like modern day. Yeah, exactly. Just like modern day. So they're, uh, you'd, the drivers would be slaves, but yeah. because they would get paid and earn winnings, they could buy their freedom. That's good. Yeah. But most often they just died.
0: Yeah, Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the most famous driver was a man named Diocles, who won 1,462 races. Out of a total of 4,257. And he retired at the age of 42 after 24 years of racing. That's amazing. Yeah. He drove for the whites for six years, and then the greens for three years, and then for the reds for the last 15. (laughs) And he won 35,863,120 sesterces in his lifetime. That's a lot. It's very hard to say what that equates to, although people have made claims what it equates to, but it's impossible to a tell, lot. really. But a lot. Yes. It's often claimed that he is the highest paid sportsman in history. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. It's a huge, huge, huge amount. Yeah. Um, Beres would have been 16 when Diocles um, retired. Yeah. So it, Beres would have been watching as a child the most famous ever chariot racer oh yeah so he had
0: posters in his bedroom probably exactly paintings this or,
1: yeah he would have he would have loved it although he drove for the reds at those times so he uh. would have been the enemy all right yeah because he's supposed to be the greens it's so probably not the posters mm. yeah um verus apparently suffered lots of insults from blue supporters <laughs> because he was so obviously in favor of the greens um verus also had a statue of a famous green horse named Voliker and he carried it around with him Probably not personally. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but yeah, so that statue of the horse went to Syria with him. Oh, that's that... weird. A bit weird. And the Historia Augusta claims that Verus ordered that this horse be buried in the Vatican. Oh, OK. Which is a bit odd. That's a bit odd. But you look at when the Historia Augusta was written, maybe it was a an early anti-Christian joke. Yeah, We're not maybe. really sure. It's just a weird line that's in there. Yeah, so there you go. So that's a bit about chariot racing. So that's what we've got about his opprobrium Crazium.
0: He's not he's not very crazy. He's no. fun loving, isn't he? But he's yeah. not crazy. He knows how to spend money and look after his statues. Um I want to give him a for the opprobrium, I want to give him a few. So yeah. I think like three. Yeah, I think around that. nothing too extreme, really. Carried that horse around with him. That's a bit weird. It's a bit weird. Maybe a, a point or two for that. But...
1: I might go four.
0: You know four? Yeah. Okay, I'll keep on three, so that's to seven.
1: Okay, seven for a probium quasium.
0: Successes, Ultimus!
1: Right, I'm just going to quote straight from Historia Augusta here. Go for it. He is not to be classed with either the good or the bad emperors. It is agreed that he did not bristle with vices. No more did he abound in virtues. So Historia Augusta pretty much says he's middle of the road. He's mediocre. Yeah. So, good things. He discovered the bones of a giant. No, he didn't. (laughs) He did. did. When he was in Antioch, uh, Verus ordered a canal be built to ease the traffic of all the imports into the city that the army was creating. You imagine there's an army there. You've got to get a lot of supplies in. Yeah. So they build this canal that cuts off a loop in the river. Uh, Yeah. So that loop dried up once they opened the canal. Mm. And when it dried up, these massive bones were revealed on the base of the riverbed that were meant to be <clears throat> like five to ten meters long, so some people who saw them claimed that they were the bones of giants. Some said they were the bones of the spirit of the river.
0: Yeah. Probably dinosaur fossils.
1: Probably dinosaur fossils. Yeah, yeah. But even if he didn't discover the bones of a giant, discovering dinosaur fossils back then is yeah. quite quite cool.
0: Yeah, Mary Anning, you heart out. Yeah, exactly. Where where were you? Yeah. During Mary's thousand years too late. That's where she was. Two. Two almost two thousand years. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Slacker yeah so there's that he oversaw a victory kind of gave him points in a fight his maximus for that Uh, he was able to delegate (laughs) yeah okay bad Um, he preferred drinking and gambling to ruling the empire that's true yeah he did rule the empire without his brother he might have been another Nero that's true without Marcus Aurelius he could have gone off the deep end that is very true but he didn't And we can't give him points on what might have happened. No, that's true. But here's the big one. What difference would there have been in history without him? I mean, we literally could have not done this episode, and I doubt many people would have noticed. We could have just gone straight into Marcus Aurelius. What difference did he make to history at all?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You have to, I hope you left that really long
1: pause in there. That was a long pause. <laughs> it was a long pause. I might cut it down slightly. Which, I mean, sometimes, because I'm a bit weird, I like to imagine the Emperor's Hero episodes.
0: I'd like to think <laughs> that uh, Verus at this point would just be looking really sad. <laughs> he'd be, he'd be, you'd have a pint in his hands, like, <laughs> smiling and laughing. Oh, these jokes are hilarious. These two really tiny guys. You say that and suddenly just... Staring, slack faced, and slowly distance. the drink gets placed back on the table. Yeah, he's just big sigh. Who
1: am I? <laughs> what have I been doing with my life? <laughs> yeah, <sighs> yeah. So how successful can we say he was? Mm. But then saying that
0: he didn't mess everything up and he wasn't no, meant to. No, it. no, two. I'm going to give him three. Him three. Yeah, I, I think that, you're being a bit generous, but that's let's, fine.
1: Let's give him five. That is five, four successes, Ultimus. Image Imago- face Verus was well proportioned in person hmm. and genial of expression. Okay. His beard was allowed to grow long, almost in the style of barbarians. He was tall and stately in appearance, for his forehead projected somewhat over his eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> Bit weird. He took such pride in his yellow hair, it is said that he used to sift gold dust into his head, in order that his hair, thus brightened, might seem even yellower. So I've drawn
0: like a face with a big forehead. That's good. You know Like Neanderthal style. It's It's not bad,
1: bad, actually. It's not bad at all. Hang on. You've got to to put sparkly hair. We had
0: sparkly hair, remember? Let's give him a, a beer tankard as well. Yeah. Sparkly hair as well. Yeah, with all that gold dust. There you go.
1: There's
0: okay, Marcus, uh, no, ready for the reveal? Yes. No, it's not too bad, actually. You he's got a... Ma- oh, look at that hair. A look at that hair. It's impressive that's, hair, that's isn't it? defying gravity. Yeah, it's huge. This is, like,
1: before blow dryers. How did he get his hair like that? It's all the gold. Must be the gold stiffening it up. it up. Goodness
0: yeah. me. I like his beard. It's quite long and... Yeah, it's, a, it's the longest beard we've ever had. But it's missing the bit under his chin, you know what I mean? It's just sort of, like, sideburns, then straight into chin and long. Yeah,
1: he's got... A pencil-thin mustache. Yes, he has. Yeah, it's the '30s, you say. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's got a pencil-thin mustache and a huge beard, and what would could only be described as coming close to an afro on top yeah. of his head. Yeah, eight, '80s Buffon sort of. Yeah, maybe that's more accurate. '80s yeah. Buffon kind
0: of hair. It's 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 a striking look. It's very yeah. You you wouldn't miss him. You wouldn't, would you? He looks like a he looks like a very serious drinker though. He was very serious, actually. doesn't that's probably because he had to stand still for the person to capture
1: his likeness, and he wasn't allowed to have a drink for three months. Carving, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's how they did it back yeah. then. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: That's it's I'm, a lovely,
1: it's a really well done statue. Oh, again, that I can. Look you imagine well like the that. person, the carver, mm. called carver. No, they're <laughs> <a> sculptor, <laughs> <laughs> the sculptor. Imagine the, the sculptor looking at him and going, oh. God, that hair, oh. that beard. I'm going to be here for months. Just long for the days <laughs> when clean-shaven was the look.
0: Yeah, shaved head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: right, he's got to earn points for that beard. It's a very impressive beard. And the massage. And, and the mustache. hair, to be honest. And the that's... hair,
0: yeah. Oh,
1: if but to... Go I'm going to take points away from him for not looking much like an emperor. He was quite fierce, though, I think. He looks more... See, like he'd be more, more, more at home in a 70s disco. Yeah, that's why he dressed there. as a party, you know. Yeah, so I, I don't know, I think I'm gonna go for six, maybe seven.
0: Oh, okay, if you give him six, I'll give him seven. So I, I'm quite impressed with the beard and the hair. Yeah, okay then. That's...
1: That's, a fift, uh, to f- the 13. 13. So that is a total of 3.25, if you put that into our spreadsheet for image of Facio. Not bad, that's same as Trajan. Oh, yeah, yeah, That's the same as Vitellius.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, that's he, because he suited. Yeah, he looked yeah. very realistic, didn't he?
1: Yeah. Okay, last round. Temple completed. Okay, you want to hazard a guess? Um, I, I saw the, the pad pass oh, his you, face. If you've seen Sorry. my notes. It was unintentional, so I do know. <laughs> Got a mobile it then. He reigned for eight years. He did from the 8th of March 161 to 169. Couldn't find the exact date of his death. Right. No, no, um, yeah, but that is roughly eight years. We're going to say so. If you put eight into our spreadsheet, that gives him a total of one.
0: <laughs> All right,
1: yeah. That's a round number, though. That is. So that gives him a total score of. Oh, it's it's not great. No. It's not even as good as his adopted father. Oh, dear. No, Antoninus Pius got 27.13. Lucius Verus comes in
0: at 26.25. 26.25. That's a shame.
1: Yeah, let's just see where that is in the list. That puts him fourth to bottom.
0: Ah! Oh.
1: Only Nerva, Otho and
0: Caligula are worse <laughs> than him, according to the score. And two of them have a Genesis R. That's a good point. Two do have a Genet Caesar. So, but that doesn't mean he's not going to get one. He, I, he, You know, he might do. Yeah, see, interestingly, so I've only
1: just put this in order on the spreadsheet. The top one, two, three, four, five emperors all have Genet Caesar and two of the very bottom, but no one in the middle. That's interesting.
0: Yeah, that is. So you have to be particularly bad at something or
1: really good at lots of things. Yeah, so Lucius Verus hasn't scored highly, so let's see, does he have... That's certain something. Mm. Let's
0: find out. Do they have they a have certain, certain, certain genesis? If, if this was getting a Caesar about being a party animal, yeah, he'd have it. He'd be up the tellius but he doesn't, he doesn't excel. In, in yeah, a, a he doesn't excel. Yeah, if he was a
1: party animal, he'd have to do it more so. There's yeah. none of this being a party animal, but also actually kind of getting on with the job. Yeah, it's it's, it's almost like he didn't commit enough.
0: Mm. I love the fact he sprinkled gold in his hair. So maybe he's a half-hearty animal.
1: (laughs) I think that is possibly the best joke in the entire series so far. Thank you. Well done. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, I'm not feeling it. I mean, he... He wasn't as bad as he possibly could have been, considering he's often overlooked.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's got a great... he looks great, though. He does look great. He's pretty spectacular.
1: Yeah, if you're listening, find the photo on our Facebook of him. He's looking good, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to say no. Are you going to say no? Yeah, I'm going to say no. So there's no Genet Cesar this week. Sorry, Varys. Yeah. He didn't quite pull out the bag. No, it's possibly why he's not considered... One of the five good emperors. Well, he wasn't. <laughs> because he wasn't. But no. then Nor was Nerva. Or Antonius Pius didn't get it either. Yeah, oh, yeah.
0: But, but he I was, was a good was. emperor, though. Yeah, he's got maybe a yeah. sort of seat in the Colosseum. He has.
1: Yeah. Uh, that is officially No Genesis R this week. Um, so, there. There we go. Yeah. Right. So
0: all that reminds us to do is say say goodbye, thank you, and reviews. Yeah, um, of course, well, Rob always says every week, but I'll say it this week. Thank you very much to Rex Factor. You allow us to steal your format and use it, so thank you very much. It's a great podcast. Listen to it if you want to learn more about um, monarchs and kings and queens, Scotland and Britain. Lots of uh, other podcasts are really good. There's a Greek history podcast, the Viking podcast. Yeah, that's so a, nice a good one. To.
1: Yeah. And, and thank you to our listeners.
0: Yes, thank you to you as well. I yeah, and- <gasps> We hit the
1: milestone as well. We did, 10,000 downloads, which is great. No, it really is great. Uh, um, I'm very pleased. And to all of you who have sent us a message, thank you. It's always nice getting a message. Yes, I'd like to read out too. Oh, go on. They're really friendly. Read out a couple of messages, and then we'll do
0: the reviews. Australian reviews this week. Australian? Yes. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. So I first got a message from Paul Rigsby, um, who's got a four-year-old, and the four-year-old sent us three pictures of cats. Which was nice. <laughs> that was nice. Roman cats. He said, um, "Just wanted to say, keep up the good work. Really enjoying every episode, and appreciate the hard work you put in." That's Rob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I look. <laughs> I'm look... sorry. That was my point. Saying no, we both put in the hard work. No, no, yeah. we don't. I look forward to. I look forward to them, like sharing history conversations with good friends. Oh, that's very nice. Or thank with you, Rob. Paul. Next one is from Kylie, which is very nice. Um, in Alaska.
1: Yes. Yeah. Oh, I was I was going to say thank you to our Alaska viewer. Yeah. Because um, we suddenly got sixteen downloads from Alaska, which yeah. was the amount of episodes we've got. So I figure we now have one listener, and
0: yeah. this is
1: that person. Yeah, and uh, wow. it's a great, it's a
0: lovely message. They said, "Just start to listen to your podcast while I'm at work." We said early, probably, perhaps you should be working at work, but. That's why you go to my podcast, it's fine.
1: Maybe she's got a job there.
0: Maybe they work at home. Yeah. Work from maybe.
1: home. Work from home, driving. <laughs> you can drive and listen. Yeah. As long as the job's not,
0: like, on a phone. Or one of those... I call centre. Yeah, Yes. Yeah. That wouldn't be good. All one of those air traffic controllers. <laughs> oh, I don't know, that's probably quite boring. I'd listen to a podcast if I was there. I might, you might, like, start flagging that anyway. Yeah. Uh, well, she said, You guys have, by far, one of the best podcasts out there. Thanks oh, for everything you do. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's really yeah. nice.
1: Okay, right. Yeah, so please do get in contact with us on Facebook
0: or Twitter or any other medium. Yeah, you can find us on Facebook, uh, Romain Priscilla's Rankium. Find us on Twitter, Roman Priscilla's Rankium Podcast. We also upload to Podbean and iTunes and Stitcher. So we have a WordPress site
1: that we still haven't sorted out.
0: Yeah, we will. We will. We will. We will. Okay, three reviews from Australia.
1: Thank you. Because... The way iTunes work is really annoying and it's really hard to check yeah. the reviews and you need to go in country at a time.
0: Yeah.
1: And I hadn't checked Australia for a while.
0: Yeah. And uh, yeah. it's, it's great because I like getting uh, letters from prison. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that out. Oh, I'm not cutting that out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is staying in to insult all our Australian listeners.
0: Sorry, that was just a horrible cheap <laughs> joke. It is not a prison colony anymore. No. Right.
1: <laughs> so... Super Dazza, which sounds very Australian, says <laughs> five stars. Young One's view on ancient Roman emperors. <laughs> Brilliant and entertaining look at Roman emperors by a couple of members of the Young One's. Their views are insightful in a strange intellectual way, but the fact that they can highlight long-lost knowledge of historical legends makes it not only educational, but also brings a smile to your
0: day well worth the listen. That's nice, thank you. Young ones. You sound like Rick Mail. Yeah, apparently right. so.
1: <laughs> right, a fun and light-hearted history five stars by Ashanti. Having come over from the Rex Factor, I see the template is very much in place here. Oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Thank you, Rex Factor. (laughs) The two hosts are engaging and fun, with one playing the knowledgeable narrator, that's me, and the other taking the part of the fool. No, sorry, the student. (laughs) This is a fun way to listen to the history of Rome, and works well in conjunction with Mike Duncan's wonderful History of
0: Rome series.
1: Yes, it's. Well, we yeah. are a companion podcast to that. I've always viewed us as that. Yeah, yeah we're on the same level as my. He's, he's going to
0: block us on Twitter. Now, he said. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're assuming he has any knowledge of us whatsoever. <laughs> Highly recommended for those who want to have some fun with their history. So thank you, Ashante, and then this one's just called Roman Rex Factor. Five stars. Great podcast using the well-loved Rets Factor format. Really enjoying the banter and the genesis are. Thanks, Rob and Jamie.
0: Oh, thank
1: you. So, there you go. So that's three, three reviews. Hmm. Yeah. So who who
0: are we going to give a prize to? Ooh. I quite liked... I quite liked the second one. The, is it Chantel? Ashanti. Ashanti. Yeah. Not Chantel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think that was, that was nice. Um, that was a nice one. Yeah. And she, you know, she understood the person understood our sort of the dynamic that you will <laughs> do all the work, yeah, and tell me stuff. Yeah, that's no, a good dynamic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um. Okay. Then a shanty, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, get in contact and uh. Yeah. 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 Coins come along. That's the second point to Australia. Yes. Yes. Yeah yeah. 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 How are they coming along? Doing well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's good. To know. <laughs> right. Okay. So. Next week really is Marcus Aurelius. I don't trust you now. No, no, it really is. No, that's like being a bully. No, no it totally is. Marcus Aurelius next <laughs> week. Oh, no, it's not really. <laughs> I don't trust he, you. he actually had a second cousin who came <laughs> to place. No, George. Yeah, George. George next week. No, Marcus Aurelius next week. Definitely, definitely. So um, tune in for next week. Marcus Aurelius, we'll see you there. Goodbye.
0: Goodbye. is Jamie reporting for Totalis Rankium on the road um, on, on the Totalis Rankium funded working tour. I'm currently in Sittavecchia which is part of Italy. Uh, day three uh, and I'm hoping today we'll be very successful in finding some sort of Roman emperor, maybe even securing an interview. I'm currently walking past what looks like a giant fort but it's clearly not Roman so I'm going to continue my search over and out this is Jamie Auld for Totalis Rancium on the road despite the alarm i'm not actually injured this is day three supplemental um, no roman emperors found however i did found find two uh, roman artifacts there's a tablet with Tiberius's name on something about Tiberius and being a great emperor <laughs> and one about Claudius being a great emperor as well no, nothing to Rocky though. Couldn't find any references to Rocky the Rock in any way, shape, or form. Um, we'll keep on the search, Rob. Don't worry, I'm on it. Over and out. Hello, this is Totalis Rankium on the road. This is Jamie, funded by the Totalis Rankium uh, project. We are, well, I am actually standing on top of Mount Vesuvius right now, staring into the crater i'll put some photographs on what i'm sure i have by now twitter and facebook you to look at it's um, absolutely amazing it's about what half a kilometer down about 600 500 meters down incredibly far across massive crater there's amazing view of the bay of uh naples um and you can see the just been introduced to the small area where pliny the elder sailed across towards the exploding mountain and thought hey let's go get my friend well, his friends are thinking, hell no, I'm staying here. They went along anyway. And um, the other part of the bay where he landed and unfortunately died on the beach because he collapsed. But it's absolutely awesome up here. Lots of volcano-y stuff, lots of rocks. Lots and lots of rocks and ash and dust. No lava. It's a good thing. Over now. Hello, this is Jamie for Totalis Ranking on the Road episode. I don't know. Um, I'm on a short day. I'm on. So I've had so many cocktails. <laughs> it's have gotten to a bit of a blur. Uh, I think it's a Sunday. Anyway, I'm in Messina, which is on Sicily. Now, so far, this working tour has been very unsuccessful. No Roman emperors. I've been to Italy three times now on this tour, and no Roman emperors at all bit disappointed so this is the last chance I've got I'm in Messina in Italy uh, Sicily I've stated before so I'll try and do what I can if not I'll just have to drown my sorrows with another cocktail sorry Rob looks like all that funding you put in all that money has gone to waste over and out okay supplemental. Uh, that music you can hear is from a, a clock actually playing music um, it, first of all, it, it roared like a lion twice, then a cockerel c- cockerelled, and now it's playing music at 12 o'clock. It's not a Roman emperor, but it definitely deserves a mention.
1: People
0: uh, are very excited about it. I have no idea why. Over and out. This is Jamie All for Totalis Rankim on the road from the Totalis ranking funded working tour. Um, This is day 10 and we've landed in somewhere called Caligula, Caligula. it looks like Caligula, but it's like an Italian island somewhere in the Med. Um, My hopes are high of finding something emperor today, maybe maybe an exclusive interview, maybe even with Caligula himself. Um, I'll do what I can. Okay, over and out, Rob. This is Jamie for Totalis Rankium on the road for the Totalis Rankium funded working tour. I found nothing. I spent over fourteen days and absolutely nothing. No killer, killer interview. No Tiberius. No Augustus. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. <sighs> over and out.